you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, Episode 143. So, hi guys, how are you this week? The title of this episode is "When You and Your Spouse Aren't on the Same Parenting Page About Big Issues Involving Your Family." So I just want to set up what this episode this week and next week is about. I sat down with a couple that you guys are just going to absolutely love Um, and why I really wanted to sit with them and cover this topic was because uh, Sarah, the wife, is newly pregnant. By the time this episode comes out, she'll be announcing it to the public, but she hadn't been announcing it to the public yet. And so we're recording this episode and she's going through all the stages of new pregnancy, of morning sickness and feeling fatigued. And they had been having a conversation about whether to add a third child to their family for quite some time. And it was a very full circle kind of deja vu moment for me because when I decided, I decided to have our third child. My husband reluctantly agreed, but I decided I wanted to have a third child. And I have, we have exactly a week shy of eight years between our oldest child and our youngest child. And our oldest child is about to turn seven and he's our strong-willed one. And I just like, couldn't believe I blinked and he was already turning seven. There was something about the age of seven that just was big to me. And I felt like I kind of just feel like I figured this out and started enjoying it. And now like, like I just feel like it went by too fast. Like it felt long. A lot of days felt super long, but it also felt fast. And I think I wanted a little bit of a do-over. And so I just kept sort of dreaming about him as a baby and having another baby boy. Now, I didn't know I was going to have a baby boy. I had already my oldest who's a boy and then I had his sister and uh and I just kept feeling like we were incomplete. I wanted another child. I wanted another baby boy and my husband and I started having a conversation and Scott was like like what are you a religious person? Like who who needs more than two kids? We got a boy, we got a girl, we're out of diapers. Like we can go on ski trips, we can do things, like we sleep. Like like what are you thinking? You know? And I was like, I just feel like, you know, I explained it all and he was like, you don't even know if you're going to have a baby boy. I'm like, okay, well, if I had another Avery, okay, that'd be awesome. Uh, but I just feel like we're going to we're meant to have another baby boy. So 
we started having the conversation and it went on for like a year. And finally, and it was heated. It was heated. And finally, he said to me, okay, fine. Let's try to have another baby. And just for the record, I'm doing it because I don't want you to resent me for the rest of our lives together. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So, which I can say all this now because our third child, which happened to turn out to be a boy, Corey, he's now 14, almost 15, and he has been the easiest, most delightful human since birth. And I would just sit, see Scott and him sitting there, and Scott's crazy about all of his kids, as I am. I would see him sitting there with Corey. Corey's just, you know, there's just people in life that are just so easy to be around. And I mean, even at two, I would see Corey and Scott just like sitting there watching Sports Center. You know, what two year old wants to sit on the couch and just watch Sports Center? He wasn't watching anything, but he just was, he was just so happy to just sort of be with us all the time. And I just would look at him and say, You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, so. We had this conversation. So when I hear this couple, they come, they turn to me for support, Seth and Sarah, and they're trying to decide. And in a lot of ways, Seth sort of reminds me of my Scott, got a little bit of the skeptic in him. And Sarah sort of reminds me at times of myself. She's driven. She's determined. She's not emasculating to Seth, but she's also determined and she's pretty headstrong about when she believes in something. And she kind of goes about it in a quieter way than I ever did. But they had had this ongoing conversation. But I knew at the end of the day, Sarah was going to get her way because she was hell-bent on having a third baby. So anyway, they show up and they tell me, okay, it's here. You know, she's Sarah's pregnant. And, um, and it's now all of a sudden gotten stressful. So I said, you know what, let's have a conversation. I'll give I'll coach you guys a bit. Let's work through some of these issues. And can I put it on the podcast? And they agreed. So that's what I've got for you guys this month. And um, I just think you're going to love them. It's mostly me and Seth talking, which I think is important because, I mean, at this point, Seth and I have kind of become friends because he it, he was that skeptical guy who was like, what is this weird parenting program thing Sarah's doing? Okay, fine. And now he's drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> he's drinking the Kool-Aid. And you'll hear in the episode, my favorite part is there's one point where I'm like fishing. Like, just think, Seth, you didn't have all these tools when you had baby number one and baby number two. What's it going to be like this time? And he's like, oh, so great. Like his sarcasm cracks me up. He just cracks me up. They're just awesome. So I'm super excited to share this conversation with you guys this month. I think you're going to enjoy it. And that's all I got. So what you were telling me before we started recording was right. Um, so yeah, we were at, we were eating dinner last night and talking about how we. So we had seen most of When Harry Met Sally on Friday night, and um, Sarah wanted to finish it last night. And Elliot said, "Well, can I watch it soon, or sometime?" And I said, "Well, you know, maybe like you know when you're a little older, like twelve, fourteen, um, because there's a lot of you know." adult themes. Right. And, and Sarah kind of said, no, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's adults doing adult stuff, like going on dates and kissing and talking about the future and stuff. And that then made Elliot say, well, you know, did, did you guys on dates talk about the future and having kids and dad, did you talk about 
or did, did you want kids? I think was the question. Mm-hmm. And you deflected why? I'm in a weird spot right now. Right. So, um, uh, right. Sarah is 10 weeks pregnant and this is the, um, the third kid after we've kind of had a tug of war back and <laughs> forth for three years, five years, eight years, <laughs> 10 years, um, about adding more people to our family. So it's just a weird, yeah, I'm just in a weird spot. I'm, I'm happy for Sarah. Um, I really am. I'm, I'm happy, you know, for us, but I'm definitely uh, scared shitless. Mm-hmm. Were you scared shitless before Elliot? Uh, it was abstract, but yes, but it was abstract. And now I'm really scared. Well, I think I was scared, but not shitless. And now I'm just scared shitless. Why are you scared shitless? Well, I mean, I, I think that, so one, it, it's hard enough with two. Um, and, you know, I, I think that I was faking mastermind until like, you know, I was trying to do fake it till you make it and realize last weekend that, no, I can't fake it anymore. Like I'm definitely the weak link. I definitely want to employ the same techniques that Sarah is and use the same language. Um, because I, I want a more peaceful life. And also I'm, I'm really worried about a third kid of Sarah, not having the energy, not being present, not being attentive to the two older kids and I'm scared that I'm going to, I guess, have to shoulder a lot of the parenting for at least the first two or three years with two kids who are um, challenging. Okay. Understandable. And, you know, I think it's interesting because if you think about, you know, your two kids now and their first two or three years of life um, was – like you, you weren't even faking it till you were making it yet in mastermind. And Sarah, you weren't in mastermind yet with the boys, were you in their first two or three years? No, no, it was not until Gideon was probably three. So Elliot was six. Okay. So you guys have had the first two or three years, it, you know, of experience without mastermind. And even yeah, though most strong willed one, right. Primarily. And even, and even though like, like you didn't have that, you still have been in a pretty like before, before Sarah was pregnant with baby number three and you guys were in the pandemic, figuring it out, figuring it out together. Also, um, you know, Seth, you working from home now, right. Right. Sarah, leaving her job, starting her own practice, right? So a whole big entrepreneurial venture, a lot of big things happening. Um, it seemed, and tell me if I'm wrong, like you guys were in a pretty decent spot gelling as a family. That's the thing. <laughs> so, so my point is, is you got into a good spot gelling as a family and these two children that you have, you got there, even though they didn't have mastermind the first two or three years of their lives. Okay. And y'all figured it out and y'all got to this spot where you are. So let me ask you a question. Now 
that you guys, like Sarah's been indoctrinated in Mastermind for a while. Seth, you've been bought in and faking it till you make it. And now you're sort of like, this is how humans operate when there's like a reason to do the work and the heavy lifting. There's a real fire right now. Yeah. We've got another baby coming into the mix and like, there's not going to be a fake it till you make it situation. Like you're aware of that. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of tired of the challenging weekends. Right. So. But wait, let me just ask you. Yeah. You just admitted that you were faking it till you were making it. And the only reason you're really diving in and going full force right now is because you've got another baby coming. That's not, so that's not the only reason. (laughs) We had a really bad weekend last weekend, and I thought, holy crap, if Sarah is out of commission or if if Sarah is overwhelmed and can't do the mastermind techniques, I need to be the backup or I need to be able to go front and center and and take the lead. So it's not necessarily – so I, I hear what you're saying. But, but it's wait. Po- you, the only reason you had a bad weekend and you had that epiphany, isn't it because Sarah's newly pregnant? And so she, what she, her body has been taken over by growing a human. So she doesn't have her normal patience level, energy it, level and all yeah, those things. And, and, and it could have exactly. been the same if it were bad allergies, a cold or a flu. No, but it not could have. weeks. Although, although have there been moments of bad allergies, a cold or the flu? No. Never. Okay. But the reason I point this out is because a lot of times we think things happen to us, but they're actually happening for us. And when you're in the middle of it happening where it feels like it's happening to you, it's hard to see that it's happening for you. Okay. All right. Okay. And so, and so the deal is, is that it's like, we've been studying in the mastermind a lot about that, you know, from that theory from Carol Dweck on mindset, her book, Mindset, Growth Mindset versus Fixed Mindset. And growth mindset is the belief that, you know, the growth is in the messy and like the real courage comes from not having all the answers, leaning into the uncertainty, be, being willing to fail, um, not having all the answers. So what I think is interesting is that, you know, when people first come into the mastermind, we put them in our basics program. And lately we've been calling it basics boot camp. And if you think about boot camp, like traditional boot camp, um, like, you know, if you join the army, um, I've never really heard about that being a super pleasant experience. Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of it being a pleasant experience, like crawling yeah. in the mud on your arms and like getting like berated if your bed's not made the right way and like all kinds of stuff. And so, but then people, Years later, you hear them, oh, I went through boot camp with that person. You know, it's always a bonding experience, right? Yeah. And so, and so the, the hard moments in life, the hard seasons in life, um, when we get through them, during them, they suck. <laughs> they do. Like when you're in your first 12 weeks of pregnancy and you're exhausted and nauseous and caring for other people and having a business to run and all the things, like like it can feel terrible and like torture and it's almost like just like the first three months of a baby's life, right? Like it's like the sleep deprivation alone is no, you know, it's, it's pretty terrible. And like, that's when the bonding happens. Yeah. 
right? Mm -hmm. That's when the bonding happens. And so I think that um, the discomfort of boot camp seasons in our life is what is really the source of the pain and confusion because it's like, when is this going to be done? When is this going to be over? This is terrible. This is awful. Is this going to go on forever? No, it's not going to go on forever because you have evidence of even when you didn't have mastermind and you got through the first two or three years of the other kids' lives, you got to that place that you guys were just at where you guys were really cohesive as a family and sort of moving and grooving. Yeah. Do you oh, see that set or no? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think, I think to, to, to degrees. Yeah, you're right. Okay. It's hard for him to, you'd think it'd be easy as an attorney and just as a person to see the evidence. Cause that's, that <sighs> helps me so much. There is actual evidence, but I don't know why it's always hard for him to look well, past one moment. I guess into the, yeah, because, because when I'm crawling in the mud, it's hard for me to look back and say, Oh, I've done, I've crawled through other mud puddles before and it's been okay. That's why it's just, it's hard when you're in the thick of it. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, um, it's, you know what? It's more of like us arguing with reality. Like this shouldn't be so hard. This is terrible. You know, what we focus on grows. So when you're going through the hard and all you can think is, is this sucks. Right. Why am I doing this? It's almost like we're just fighting with reality and it's really, it's really what we're thinking that's causing the real pain because we're just so mired down in that fixation, you know, it's like the anxiety of being in the moment where there's pain and we start to argue with it or we shift into blame or resentment or, and instead of just like learning how to, to, to like have a pause and hold space for that discomfort and understanding that like half of life involves discomfort. Well, and, and so I was getting that perspective yeah. during COVID Right. So like, I think that I was getting there around June, July, August, September. Um, so, <laughs> so now it's no, like, wait, Sarah, wait, wait, Sarah, was he not getting there? <laughs> no, no, he was, he was, I'm just listening. No. So I, I think, I think I was getting there with, with COVID and, and then now there's right. So I was sort of not having a bad attitude and kind of understanding that it, it was a good opportunity um, to grow and to change. And, you know, we made changes and it's okay. It's just another mud pit. Maybe because we were in a really good place. We so were, maybe we were in a really a, good place. A big change. Yeah. Hey, so, so let me just present something else. You were in a really good place and admittedly, Seth, now I'm going to be, I'm going to, you, I'm going to, you're on the stand and I'm going to be the cross examiner. Admittedly, you were sort of faking it till you made it. You hadn't really, really dug into learning the tools on a deeper level. Yeah. With respect to mastermind, that's totally right. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you were still in a good place. So like, what is it going to be like? Let me just present this. So great. It's going to be so good, Randy. <laughs> what is it going to be like when both of you guys with this next baby are fully committed to knowing the tools of mastermind, all the things that 
you know makes life easier, that has made life easier as Sarah's been digging in with the boys and as you've been kind of like there kind of as her supportive co-captain or assistant, we'll call you, we've been, you've been the assistant. Okay. Sure. So you've seen what you guys got to as a family of four, even during a pandemic. So what will it be like to go through this, this new baby's life, the first two to three years as true co-captains who are indoctrinated in mastermind, like knowing exactly what tools to use to help your baby get through a hard time and to help your family get through a hard time? What will it be like? Yeah. I mean, I envision us having probably more traction and being on the same page and being able to speak the same language. And, you know, if one of us talks about a certain technique or a certain tool, we'll have, you know, a working understanding of it. And that, that, that'll be more helpful instead of, cause I mean, I remember in, in the, in the apartment after Harvey, um, I think that's when Sarah started the program. It was 2017 or 2018. Yeah. And I remember she would listen to the podcast and put notes on the mirror. And I was just like, I don't know what any of this means. And, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to me. And it sounds frou-frou and like, you know, it, I just thought it was like a, a short term, like self-help thing. And then I realized, OK, it actually has a lot of power and it's it has basis and stuff. OK. All right. And then so I, I, I laid off the, you know, kind of snide remarks in the morning and then and then kind of realized, yeah, it makes sense. And more and more and more, um, you know, now I'm I'm through um N I C and then I've E. I'm halfway through E on the basics. So yeah, I'm I'm a convert. You are a convert. I mean, look, just even when y'all were talk starting to talk about having the third baby, and you know, I think that's where you really when I met with you guys, um that was really the big kind of pivotal moment was that I met with you guys and y'all were able to kind of understand like how to work better together, you know, at, and I'll just say this for the listeners. Um, I use these assessments, um, a couple of different assessments. And the main reason I use the assessments is that I believe that the family is a team and we're not meant to be wired exactly the same. And so when we start to understand how our partner is wired and they understand how we're wired, we stop making each other wrong for being wired differently. And we start to understand why our partner's response would be different from our own. And then eventually we grow into a place of being able to pull from each other's skill set and, um, and be stronger overall. And I think you guys have been a great example of that. Even just in the recent coaching session I did with you guys about, you know, y'all thinking that, you know, seeing, seeing some anxious signs in one of your boys and thinking that y'all were going to maybe need to make all these big drastic moves and changes and something big was going on with your kid. And very quickly we got to a place of Sarah stressed out. And were you, did you know you were pregnant yet at that point? No, I don't believe so. So it was right before you were pregnant. You were stressed out. Like you're starting this whole, you know, you started a new practice. You got a lot of balls in the air, managing the boys school, you know, and doing all these different things. And we had this coaching session and very quickly you guys started working as partners and Seth's like, okay, I can make dinner. 
Like, oh, the real stressed out point is right around the witching hours. And Seth, you very quickly stepped up to the plate, raised your hand. And now because, you know, I'm one of your Facebook fans, um, you've got a whole following of people asking you to write a cookbook. (laughs) You're making these amazing dinners for your family. And, um, And it was just like the way you guys are working together, like, I don't joke when I say I want to come back as one of the Miller children in my next life because I love, like, when parents work together and are on the same page like this, like, I mean, I just think it is such a blessing to get to be in a family where you're you're working through it the way you guys have been working through it. It's such a pleasure yeah. for me to get to coach you guys. Thanks. No, it's it's, look, I mean, I'll, you know, the cooking, the mastermind, other changes. Yeah, we will work together. And I think that it's taken me a little bit of time to understand that, you know, um, the stuff that Sarah does, you know, has, it's, 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 it's really well thought out usually. Like she's been thinking about it for a while. Right. Well, and a lot of that's the personality test, right. That the slow, what is the slow uptake or the slow burn? What's it called? <laughs> slow quick start. Yeah, I know. I think, I think Sarah. I think you're a three quick start. So you're like you're like very methodical. You're not going to take risks, but you're a super high fact finder. So you do the research and you do it for a while. And when you're ready to take action, like you're, and you're also an upholder, aren't you? I think Are so. you? Yeah, yeah. So so like like Actually, you. Definitely. Yeah, you meet expectations, inner and outer expectations as an upholder, but you also, like, you're not impulsive. So you've done your research and you're resistant to risk. To risk. So you're the opposite of impulsive. Mm-hmm. So when you're ready to do something, you're like, no, this is, it's like when you said, it's evidence-based, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it speaks to your brain as a scientist, you know? And so I think that... um I think that's amazing. Um, I guess I just feel like, you know, what I kind of want to touch on, and this might piss you off, Seth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is like, do you feel, and I can say this to you because I know how progressive you are. And I know um, that, I mean, it seems like politically you believe in a lot of the same things I believe in. And I know you have so much respect for your wife. Um, and even with that being said, have you are you aware of the male privilege that has sort of been part of the resistance to mastermind? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that um, I think I commented to you earlier, and kind of what was another big impetus of my doing the basics was too many friends, not just mastermind dads, but but I just mean like too many friends. Like if I've if we have a couple friends, you know, sometimes I'll either observe or I'll have coworkers, female coworkers who talk to me or female friends. And it's just like kind of either observing my male friends or hearing from spouses of them. It's just kind of like, you know, they, they could do more. Right. It's um, I don't know if it's male privilege or just kind of like man baby syndrome but it's something well, that's like, all male privilege is. I mean, that, you know, I would say my husband, he's, he's just now really understanding it. Um, and a lot of, I think what's made him understand it is that with black lives matter, um, I think many of us are looking at our own privilege that, 
and, yeah. and things that weren't on our radar before. So I think ev- there's been so much humility. And I think what's helped Scott kind of get there in terms of understanding how much his male privilege has weighed into different things that he was, that wasn't even on his radar was by like maybe conversations where I talk about my white privilege, you know, being on the scene that wasn't on my radar. So it felt, it felt less vulnerable for him to be like, I think he didn't feel like I was just going to attack him and, and be righteous and be, have a, you know, be on a high horse about it. I was like, dude, me too. Like I've got the white privilege, you've got the male and the white privilege. But the bottom line is, is that it's all really just empathy. It's all the, it's all the main concept that's woven into mastermind and the, and the main concept that's woven into every human relationship, which is if you are able to become self-aware enough to step outside of yourself and to see someone else's perspective, you know, that is how change and growth really happens. I agree. You know? I think that having stepping outside of yourself to see that other perspective and respecting that person a great yeah. deal is the I think the final piece that helps someone see that other person's perspective is really respecting, you know, if it's male privilege, respecting your wife. And right. and, and hearing stories of other people who are in right, who kind of hold the same office as you, right? A, a male or a white person or, you know, whatever it is. And, and just not really understanding their privilege and kind of taking it for granted and being lazy about their privilege or even sort of abusing their privilege. Right. I mean, I, I think I told you, Randy, that, you know, the, the comments or the complaints that I would get is, you know, not really helping out at home, you know, getting home from, from work, whether it's working from home or working out of the office or out of the house in the office and coming home and, you know, just kind of grabbing a beer, making a cocktail and watching sports center and tuning out until it's time to go to bed. And that's just not a way to live. You know, I think that if you have a choice to be married and if you have a choice to start a family, fuck it, just go all in, just help. Well, and with that being said, look, we can see that when you're like here doing the work. And also a lot of times it can look like someone's being lazy or self-indulgent or self-absorbed and not willing to do the work based on their privilege. But it might also be due to something that feels too vulnerable to admit. Um, Like they don't even know how to do it. And, and, you know, in our culture, like I've heard this just recently, somebody said it to Scott, a guy said it to Scott, um, where he's like, who needs to take a parenting class? It's common sense. It's only for, you know, idiots or something. Something yeah. and Scott and, and Scott said, um, Scott said, all I know is that, you know, my wife is helping a lot of people. And when we go out in public, people treat her like she's a celebrity or something because she's, ha- because she's helping them. You know, she's helping them where it matters the most. Thanks for listening. Don't you love Seth and Sarah? So that was part one of this conversation. And it gets, I want to say, even meatier in the next episode. Um, We're going to go a little bit more into the male privilege and vulnerability conversation. And, uh, you know, talking also about 
adding to their family, baby number three, why Seth decided he was the weak link in the family and he decided to go all in uh, with mastermind parenting and just really digging into learning the parenting tools and developing some new skills. Um, and he's hilarious. Y'all are going to just, I think, love him and identify with him so much. And you hear Sarah giggling in the background. You can just tell they just, they have a good time. Um, and then there's some, a little coaching, uh, at the end about badgering behavior and a situation that they recently had that is just like a no big deal situation, but like something I think all of us, especially all of us with highly sensitive kids can identify with when your kids are badgering you and they're hijacking conversations and maybe there's just incessant talking or questions and you just, it's like you can't even have a minute to yourself and you just want to breathe. You just need some space. So we went into a specific scenario at the very end where uh, Seth and I talked about this and I coached them through a plan in terms of how to handle the situation differently next time, what the boundaries would look like, what the consequences would look like, what the protocol would look like. So I think you guys are going to enjoy that as well and have a great great week. Hey, podcast listeners, I wanted to tell you about our VIP basics boot camp program. And what this is, is it's a uniquely tailored parenting playbook. And it's our ultimate VIP white glove one on one experience. This is something new that we just created last summer. We've taken through now about 10 families and they're getting huge results. It consists of the Mastermind Parenting Dream Team, which is me, Lindsay, our membership manager and our content librarian. She knows where all the resources are on every training you could possibly want. And then Amanda, who works as a mastermind mentor and also happens to be a very seasoned pediatric occupational therapist. And we work together to coach and guide you through a personalized roadmap specific to your family's journey. Of course, the goal is to reach our most challenging kids and we also want to help you become a connected family that truly gets along because I believe every human deserves that. So what will you get? Well, what about starting to take vacations instead of just trips, right? Like it's hard to take a vacation with a strong-willed child who's constantly moody and throwing temper tantrums. Um, we start by getting your child out of what we call defense zone right? Because you're really only as happy as your unhappiest child. So we help you get your child out of that place of defensiveness, acting like a dictator where everyone walks on eggshells. And we put you through this 12-week experience where we nurture you, you get, we get you out of overwhelm. It is a luxe VIP experience and we're very focused on supporting you, making it easy. There's no... Uh, website that you have to go log into. We sort of hand feed you all the resources you need. We give you tons of coaching and support. We also help you and your co-parent get on the same parenting page. And many people have described that as better than marriage counseling. So if you're interested in learning about the VIP 
ultimate experience, you can go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash VIP access. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash VIP access. There's a video of me telling you more details about it. And there's lots that you can read about it and you can sign up right there from the page. So that's what I encourage you to do. If you know that 2021 is your year, your year to become a family that truly, truly gets along and is thriving. Love to see you on the inside.